dum medium silentium tenerent omnia, et nox in suo curso mediumitera veret, omnipotens sermotus domine, de celis as regalibus sedibus venit. While silence wrapped all things in quiet, and the night was in the midst of her course, thine almighty worth, O Lord, descended from heaven, from thy royal throne. Picture, my dear friends, the dark sky filled with stars, and the deep night of midnight in the outskirts of a small town in Palestine. A small maiden, 16 or 17 years old, comes walking through a dirt road out of the town with her husband. They are both pure and chaste souls, so much so that if God had chosen two angels instead of them, the angels would not be any more pure or any more chaste. They walk silently by the road up to a small promontory where they come and they find a very small cave. The innkeeper perhaps has instructed them to go there, as there is no more room for them in the inn. It's a place to keep the beasts, a stable, built inside this short cave, no more tall perhaps than five feet. They both walk in silence, their souls have been recollected, gathered in silent prayer for a while now. They walk as if they were in the presence of a king, because they foresee, they can sense, that God is becoming more and more present in their hearts. They barely talk to each other, but then again, they barely need to. Their hearts and souls are in perfect harmony with one another, because they are both united to God. They see the cave, cold, humid, but they don't complain. They are not saddened or disturbed by it. On the contrary, when they see it, as they enter, they enter in it with a certain sense of religious respect. They enter into the cave as if they were walking into a temple. They look at it in silent awe because they understand that this is a place chosen by God. And they try to read in every single detail of the cave those lessons that God is trying to teach them. The animals make some heat with their bodies and their breath, and they can see in the darkness the breath of the oxen, the donkeys and mules. They can hear the noises they make. Perhaps the husband of that maiden would make a fire, but perhaps not. One might imagine the owner of the stable would not permit them to start a fire with the animals and the hay around them. Near the animals, there is a manger where they have fed before. As the husband prepares room for his wife, he cleans up a spot for her. He tries to get some hay for her to be less uncomfortable. And the little young maiden sits in there modestly, her feet together, bare, covered with the dust of the road, her hands crossed upon her womb, her eyes lowered constantly, her face beautiful but reserved always, and she says in a very low and humble voice, thank you. The husband then gets everything else that they had and kneels by her side a little away from her, looking into the stars. The whole of the night is covered in silence. To medium silentium tenerent omnia. 
and it would seem as if the whole of creation had been put into a sleep, into a peaceful rest. Everything seems to have paused. The young woman, who is pregnant, but is also a virgin, in her heart continues praying. Her prayer is just like the night, silent, quiet, continuous. She has been praying since the moment she was born. She has been praying since the moment she was conceived. When she sleeps, her heart keeps praying. When she walks, when she works, when she's cooking, when she's eating, her heart is always praying. She has loved God without interruption all her life. She has lived constantly in His presence, and everything she does, everything she says, everything she thinks, is always in the presence of her God and Creator, and always to please Him. But tonight, as she kneels in that soft and quiet expectation, she closes her eyes, and her prayer becomes something she had never experienced before. Her soul begins moving inwardly. How could one explain it? Imagine if her soul were suddenly taken very, very fast from this land that she steps on into the atmosphere and then past it, to great distances into the endless distance of space. It was something like that, but the other way. Her soul, instead of going out into the spaces of this universe, was suddenly taken inwardly, very, very fast, into the vast distances of her spirit, sinking more and more into the depths of herself, more vast and immense than the universe, until the point when she was so deep within, that she stopped seeing the world. She stopped hearing. She stopped feeling. Everything in herself was lost, and she was hidden and taken by God to a place where she was entirely alone and oblivious of everything but Him. Her soul was put in the presence of that God that she had loved all her life, her Creator. She stood there in front of God, in front of that God whose essence was still unknown to the world, but perhaps was now known to her. Three persons in one God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. A God that was immense, a God that was powerful, a God that was filled with majesty, filled with beauty without end, filled with goodness without limits. And as she stood in front of the Divine Majesty, she looks down, and suddenly, in her own arms, there is a baby, her baby. Within that baby, as it were, were condensed, were solidified all the beauty and majesty, all the power and glory of that God that she loved, in this little baby, in this human being, but all of these qualities hidden. And in her heart, the devotion that she had for her God, that devotion, for God she would have gone around the world, for God she would have died a thousand deaths, for God she would have burned in the sun for all time if such thing was asked of her. She loved God so much. Well, now that devotion was translated to this baby, because the baby was God, and God was the baby. 
and she looked upon his eyes, and as she did, everything around seemed to come back. She started seeing the world around them, hearing the noise of the animals, feeling again the cold in her feet and in her fingers. And at that moment she realized her son had been born. And she said to him these words, words which at the same time that she pronounced them were pronounced also by God the Father. Thou art my son, this day I have begotten thee. Her heart was burning with love and she would have held the baby all her life long. But her soul was already one with the baby. Her mind was already tuned with this and she knew that the baby didn't come just for her. It had come to her, but for all. And in the moment of humility and supreme self-denial, she did for the first time that action which 33 years later she would complete standing by the cross. She renounced her child and God in order to deliver him for the salvation of men. She took him apart from her maternal love and kisses and placed him as he himself wanted to be placed in the manger, to be warmed only by the breath of beasts and animals waiting for men to come and warn him with their hearts. And there the virgin waited, her heart filled with joy, but also begging the children of men to come quickly to give warmth to her child. My dear friends, as we continue Mass today, let us ask that beautiful, poor, and modest maiden and virgin, whose name was Mary, to lead us quickly to her child and give to him our hearts and also to share with our hearts a bit of that motherly love which she had so that today when we receive communion we are not cold but rather warm for him rather loving burning for that child God who was born today for us in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.